0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Gus Martin. Hello. So you were born in... Like upstate, right?
1: Yes, upstate New York. Yeah. Warwick, New York.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were your parents from there as well?
1: Yes, my dad was from Queens, and then moved to Long Island, and then he moved to Warwick, and they met in Warwick. Yeah.
0: And they do business, right? Is that why they moved?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, my mom is a teacher, and my dad is a healthcare consultant.
0: Oh. Where do you think you got your creative side from?
1: Um. I'm not quite sure, but I've always just felt the need to like portray my emotions in some sort of um, in some sort of creative outlet. Because I think if I did, and I would, it would all build up inside of me. Because I'm a very like closed person. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely like a need to just release all that into something. So I've I pretty much tried everything, and then I kind of landed on music and music. Is just my favorite.
0: Yeah. So. Your dad was playing like Beatles when you were growing up, right? Like a lot of yeah, rock, lots, I guess.
1: Yeah. Lots of, um, lots of like dad rock stuff. <laughs> um, like Beatles, Beach Boys, Bruce Springsteen.
0: Well, same David, exactly as my dad. Yeah, <laughs> David Bowie.
1: But then you would play like a lot of hip hop stuff too. A lot of 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that you were- Yeah.
0: And you were into like skateboarding when you were younger
1: yeah um I still am now but I um tore my ACL and my meniscus in high school so I couldn't skate for a while Mm -hmm. but I'm back
0: how do you describe yourself back then growing up
1: there was definitely like a group of us who all skated and I'd say those kids um were all very creative too because like naturally in the society that I grew up in I guess since we skated which is so stupid we're more outcasts and mm. that made us more inclined to indulge in being yeah. outcast more I guess.
0: Do you remember the first CD you bought or?
1: Um yeah what? the first CD I bought was Mad Villainy by Mad Villain um which is MF Doom and Mad Libs Project and uh I mean like in yeah that's like the first like CD I bought like at like four year entertainment like in the mall like one of those stores um but I probably bought like other like I probably downloaded other music before that on my mp3 player
0: yeah but yeah were you did you like school growing up
1: no I hated school I oh, always yeah. hated school um a lot of the, all of the teachers grew up near or in Warwick went to school came back oh and yeah taught. In New York <laughs> and um No one was very supportive of really anyone or any of the kids, really. Um, I don't know. A lot of the teachers just, you know, gave us a lot of homework, which wasn't very stimulating. Um, And would just have us watch movies in class and give us packets. I don't think that's real teaching. Mm. Um, When I got to college, like, I definitely took some classes that were super inspiring and changed, like, my opinion about school, but... um, I don't know I uh, I just like can't <laughs> do school I just I'm too like focused on mm-hmm. music and whatnot
0: how did you get to get into hip-hop initially because you're producing for some upstate like hip-hop artists yeah
1: just they were all my friends really growing up um, I started producing hip-hop and then um, I met my friend Elijah Banksy and I was working with him a lot and my friend Simonez on Trudega and uh, basically just all my friends. We all got into it at the same time together, and I, I would produce and they would rap, mm-hmm. mostly.
0: Were you already at that point, like, sharing and doing music with your sister?
1: Um, yeah, We, me and my sister would, like, mess around and make tracks once in a while, but, um, she was, like, more of a, um, she was, like, a really good performer, mm. and it was hard to kind of, like, combine our, um, endeavors at the time because I don't necessarily think like at the time I could curate a song that was like at her level of like performing and singing and like record oh, one like no. I, I just felt I didn't really do them justice she's like a really good singer mm. and um, nowadays we work work together and I produce her song she um, writes and uh, yeah she's like her own artist
0: did you ever consider being a duo
1: um No, I didn't, but uh, (laughs) we were both super supportive of each other's music, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. And she plays in my band, too, and hopefully, if she has a band sometime, I can play in her band, too. that'd be sweet.
0: And then what was, like, the eighth grade, like, songwriting contest?
1: Yeah, so that's, like, how I got into producing. Before that, I was, was, like, drawing a lot, and um, I would, like, make videos from time to time, too. Like, I was into, like, filming and editing, but... And I would say those are my creative outlets. And then in eighth grade, I had this teacher who was like, there was this mandatory project where we had to like write a song and record it. And that's like the most intimidating thing, especially in our town. It's like the world revolves around like football and school, like activities, which is like just ridiculous. Because if we were like really, if we had a really good... (laughs) Like we had really good sports programs, I'd be like, okay, but like, we don't, so it's kind of stupid. But um, nah. So I was like, it was really intimidating for everyone, and I was like, man, this is dope. We get to like produce a song in like Garage Band. I like stayed after school all the time, worked on it all week. Only had like a like two weeks to do it, probably. Worked on it a lot. I thought I made a banger. I was hyped <laughs> on it, and. Yeah, ended up ended up winning the contest and we got to go on like the town radio station. <laughs> there was like there was like winners from like other classes too. There was like two others. Yeah. And uh, all the songs were pretty good, honestly. But then I like look up back on it now and it was so like, ha- it was so like distasteful. <laughs> it was such a- so bad. Like, but uh, but then after that I was like, Yo, Keyshawn, we got to fucking make music all the time. You rap, I'll produce, and we just started doing that. A lot. And then met a bunch of m- other people who did that.
0: Were you going by another name before that?
1: Um, yeah, I was going by Spazzy McGee. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You always kind of liked, like, I guess, like, more retro names or...
1: Yeah, I, I, I just always, like, had words, like, flying through my head I would, and, like, characters and, uh, I would always write a lot in my notebook and, um, come up with, like, stories and ideas, so I, I always had, like, interesting things mm-hmm. like that. And
0: what age did you come up with, Gus?
1: Um, when I was 17, turning 18.
0: Oh, was there a specific moment how you came up with it?
1: Yeah, it was basically <clears throat> the part of myself that is comfortable being themselves in a world that's inconvenient for people to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I labeled it, and it was just kind of in the back of my head, really.
0: And then towards the end of high school, you change from like hip-hop to more dream pop what was the reason um
1: yeah so it was kind of just like a flick of a switch and I was like I really want to you know have my own voice regardless of what it sounds like um in my songs and I want to compose original music um because I just like kind of came I just I was just like I just have to do this in order to survive like um just like give everything into the music Mm -hmm. and regardless of what it sounds like, you know, it just has to all be me, I don't know.
0: But were you listening to more, like, dream pop music, or, like, what was the... Um,
1: I wasn't, there wasn't anything in particular that inspired me, like, to go in a certain direction, but I, like, went back to, like, the, the music that I grew up on as a kid, and was, like, went kind of back to, like, a nostalgic time for me, and what that may have sounded like. And the combination of all those those influences, like, my parents put me on, to and things like that. Um, and I think that's how I kind of, like, my... I guess that's, like, what my style um, is reminiscent of, too. Like, me as a toddler, like, I had a bowl cut, and I kind of wear similar yeah. clothes. And, like, they fit me kind of the same. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. It's just, like, um... Like, the the like knowing no evil as a toddler and um just like pure knowledge and pure fascination that kind of inspired yeah. me and in my sound.
0: what was the like existential crisis that you're going through
1: yeah so basically um it was just like the saddest time in my life uh just like the most it was just like classic like teenager going through it in high school but basically um My Mac crashed and that was like my entire life. Um, I tore my ACL and my meniscus and I was out of school for like a whole month at least. Um, All my friends were going out and stuff and I just stayed inside and you know just kept working on music and uh, like my ex-girlfriend started dating one of my friends and it all just like built up in a really weird way. It was like I was just in this deep dark hole of despair and then I don't know what did it, but it was, like, the flick of a switch, and I was just, like, kind of understood reality more, and I was, like, at that moment, anything good amplified how happy I could be so much because I was so in this deep, dark pit. So, like, any little bit of happiness was just amplified. So, I guess I just realized it was, you know, like, the inconvenience of being yourself is more rewarding and, like, you have to go through these really unpleasurable times for there to even be pleasurable things. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, once I understood that, I was just good. And I just kind of was like, this is what I want to do for mm. the rest of my life. Um,
0: did you realize that yourself or did your like, parents help you like realize that?
1: Oh, no, it was, it was definitely just me, for sure.
0: Oh, wow. What was yeah. the decision to go to? Was it Philly to study music technology?
1: Yeah, it was uh, basically, I didn't really, I wasn't really... I wanted to you know I wanted to be in New York but um, it was really just like the program that I decided to go do in Drexel had this dope music program um, so I went that was cool I went there for two years and um, I thought I would have more of like an influential time while I was at school but uh, it just helped me realize that like everything I had been doing is just kind of what I always wanted to do and when I got to school, it actually kind of um, made me realize that, like, there really is no like formula to making music. Everyone makes music differently, and it just you know makes the it makes like everyone's music have more character that way. Um, and I was like, damn, I just like I'm going here, and all they're teaching me is that there is no formula, like you know, like everyone makes music differently, and everyone goes about it differently and that's like what i always thought and had known but like when i went to school it just kind of proved that mm-hmm. um which was good like that's what i needed like closure
0: mm-hmm. on that but was college something that your parents wanted you to do like push you to do
1: yeah definitely
0: you probably wouldn't have I was gone like if they yeah, didn't
1: ask you <laughs> yeah to be honest i didn't really want to go but then i think i convinced myself that i wanted to mm-hmm. um, it was like the one thing they wanted me to do, literally. So, yeah. And then know.
0: yeah, and then after two years, was it your music just already taking off? So then you quit, or
1: um, ye- n- not even particularly. I was just I just couldn't do it anymore. I mm-hmm. like focus on music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you went back to like living with your parents and like working on music. Yeah. At home. So now
1: I now I just stay with my parents while I'm in between touring. But uh, I have a spot in Philly. Oh. It's like a big warehouse, and I nice. um, would make music out of there for a while. But like, how did um, you even
0: get management?
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I kind of just did it all myself. Um,
0: so were you like promoting with blogs or?
1: Um, I was trying to, but in in high school, I would send my songs to like fifty blogs, and uh, I would get maybe one or two responses. And the response would be like. Oh, this is, like, they would give me critiques, like, creative critiques. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, this is, like, I was like, it's either you fuck with it or you don't. If you said straight up, I don't like the song, yeah, great, respect. But they would, like, come up with reasons, like, why they wouldn't. Like, one time, I'm not going to say who, because I like them now, but they, like, this one blog sent me back, and they were, like, it was like, I was singing on it, and my friend Elijah was rapping on it, my friend Ryan was rapping on it. And uh, they were like, yeah, like I like the rap verses, but I really don't like the kid's voice, he was like singing. And I was like, true, but that's like an interesting way for him to just come back and be like, yeah, no, we're not gonna post it. But, um, so then after that, I was like, I'm never sending my stuff out again. People can post it if they want to. Um, I wasn't really getting myself out there, I just, I just uploaded it, really. Yeah. How
0: did your team find you then?
1: Um, <clears throat> we all kind of found each other. I um, started working with this director, Matthew Dylan Cohen, who does like all my visuals. Yeah, and, um, he's
0: amazing. Like, how did you even yeah, connect with him? He's my best friend, so oh.
1: um, basically I was looking to do a music video. Always wanted to do one for this song that um, me and my friend Beshkin made called Faceless and we met with a couple of directors who we really didn't like because they just weren't really that like nice people um and then my friend was like hey you should meet this dude matt he's like started his own production company and stuff you should just meet him i didn't even know like if he was a director or what what his deal was but we met him he was a really good photographer and he had like one video that he made that wasn't out yet and then he just produced on a couple other videos, but I was like, I really this guy's taste is like so up my alley. I we really connected, and then ever since then we've just made videos together, together, and we're Whoa. like best friends and oh, stuff. Wow. So yeah.
0: How did you get funding initially for your early projects?
1: Oh, uh, we made a Go GoFundMe.
0: Oh, you did. Yeah, and we
1: raised four thousand dollars and made
0: wow. what year a business? video, um,
1: two thousand and sixteen.
0: Oh, Okay, pretty recent.
1: Yeah, it's all been fairly recent. Yeah. Then, We had other ways of doing it initially we um i made one video that i don't know if i should drop this like but basically matt was shooting another video that had full funding and he convinced the team that was doing it to do a different video for me a day before Mm -hmm. just for fun
0: yeah
1: and convince everyone to basically just do it yeah. like and like we just had to pay for a studio space
0: oh wow that's and so cool. uh
1: I had money saved yeah. up for that so.
0: <laughs> were you already really into like film and like the visual aspects already like when you were young yeah so like know how um, you want to direct and how you want certain things to color correction
1: yeah I mean I definitely have had like a more of a subconscious taste and things that I liked but then when I met Matt he like put everything into um terms I could understand basically like on what that was so um yeah I definitely wasn't like that involved like technical technically with um film but I definitely like have a very specific taste and I really trust Matt and like portraying myself visually like I don't really trust anyone else with it so
0: Mm -hmm. and I guess it's kind of like the YouTube videos that People started finding more and more of her stuff, you mm-hmm. stacking. So you kind of yeah. like got a lot of your fans from these videos that you made. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I think the videos are super important, and um, I think the way that me and Matt do it, just since we kind of like have this idea festering in our heads for like six months at a time, it's kind of like a really full conception of an idea, like. As opposed to like a direct, like a bunch of directors writing like a treatment for an artist and then doing it, we kind of just all like show him songs and the making of them, and we'll start coming up with ideas for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and are you signed now or independent?
1: No, I'm independent. Um,
0: Is that a decision that you want to stay independent?
1: Yeah, just like it would. It's more of just like like I'm. I make all the music. I produce it, play it, mix it, master it, and perform it and write it and just like um it would be weird if someone else owned it. It would just like be weird. Mm. So I just like am not really ready to like give up the ownership of my music. Yeah. But which like when I feel I feel like when I say it like that and put it into that perspective people are like Oh, shit, that's true, but I mean, like, <laughs> record labels are really dope, though, too, you know? Yeah. I just, um, myself, I'm not, like, ready for that quite yet, but, yeah, I just, um, I like being independent right now. I, I have a really great team of people that I work with. What was the children's
0: book that you wrote, like, Glum From Up?
1: Yeah, so, I wrote this children's book called Glum From Up, and it's, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a children's book, but it's written in the um, format of a children's book, and my friend Kenzo Rapola illustrated it and uh I'm working on getting that printed just to sell as merch oh that's um, so cool I basically just really liked this kid's paintings and I was like dude like we should do something he's like why don't I do an album cover and I was like <laughs> I don't know let's just do like a children's book or something and he's like all right so we I wrote it and then he illustrated it and yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm trying to get it printed to sell as merch. Um, I'm working on that right yeah. now. It's like I don't know why it's like taking me so long.
0: <laughs> what about colors inspired your EP?
1: Um, yeah. So like, I'll go through phases with different colors I'm inspired by. Um, like I was inspired by a lot of like primary colors and just like the combination of red, yellow, and blue, just like straight up. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are inspired by, like, the weather. Um, I'm not inspired by the weather. I really like rainy days and stuff, but that doesn't, like, stimulate my creativity, but changes in, like, my environment um, do stimulate that. So, yeah, like, colors do as well.
0: hmm How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you made?
1: Um, I think when I was 17 turning 18 and I was like, this is like, this is um, all of me. I think it's been this, I really found a sound and I think I've just been evolving on that since. Um, And hopefully just, you know, getting better and learning as I kept going. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just evolving upon this, this one idea basically
0: yeah how do you think you've grown as a person since when you were younger
1: um i don't know i would definitely say that i'm like like i said that i'm just more comfortable i'm fully comfortable being myself now Mm -hmm. um the society that i grew up in was like kind of kind of stunted that and um i would say that i definitely have just come to terms with the inconvenience of being myself and that's definitely how I've grown and you know also just I think I've um, I used to be really really um, introverted as a kid and I would say I'm more of, <clears throat> I don't know I think I, I think I've started to become more open with people I used to be more closed Um, and I think that's something I still have to work on, but I think I've definitely been gradually becoming to be more open with people, Mm -hmm. um, just about how I'm feeling and just talking Mm -hmm. more. I don't know.
0: What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far?
1: Um, I honestly, like, just like, I guess the environments of like making music. Like, I get noise complaints all the time, and that's a huge challenge because I don't really like other people to hear what I'm working on, so it's not even the fact that I'm bothering them. It's, like, knowing that they can hear me is ridiculous to me and just, like, crazy. Um, So that always sucked, and I've always had terrible, terrible, like, problems with neighbors like that. One time I was, like, just talking to someone literally in, like sitting on my bed talking to someone and like someone just starts banging on the wall. I'm like whispering at this point. (laughs) Or I'd be doing laundry and like someone would just smash on the wall. And I'm just like, yo, (laughs) This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Yeah, and people would be really like hostile about it and come over and like slam on the door and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? He's just yelling and I was like, listen, I will stop making noise You're making noise right now, all you had to do was ask, and now we're in this big conflict, and you're making a fool of yourself, and you're waking everyone up on the floor. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I just like people people are mad ridiculous.
0: What does success look like to you?
1: Um, success is being able to, um, finalize your art and hone in on your craft, and I think that's success and I think it's just a bonus when you are really happy with the things that you have created. and mm-hmm. um, proud of them. I think things you've made you can look back on and those will take you back to a place that you were when you made them and hopefully bring back some fond memories and then hopefully bring back some memories that aren't so fond but, you know, know that you've learned from those. I think just being comfortable with, um, I don't know, all things that you've created. Mm -hmm.
0: What does love mean to you?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I definitely fall in love way too easily. (laughs) The sigh. And uh, I don't know. I'm definitely a hopeless romantic. Mm -hmm. I really... People really fascinate me, and I fall in love a lot. Um, And, you know, it sucks when, you know, it doesn't work out, but Mm I
0: don't know. Yeah. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: I guess I would just like my friends and family to remember me as someone, you know, who could always be there for them. I hope that people that care about me and people that I care about can remember me as someone that was always there for them.
0: Yeah I love that this was awesome thank you so much. Yeah of course. <laughs> Hi. Yeah.